Thank you, ladies. The book of 2 Chronicles will be turning in your Bibles to the book of 2 Chronicles. We'll be in 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. And while you're finding your place in the scripture this evening, let me just remind you, uh, be faithful to all the different activities, be mindful of uh, next Sunday, be inviting others to church, and we want God to continue to add to His church, and we want to be a part of that in uh, certainly fulfilling the Great Commission. And so I just want to remind you to be faithful. Uh, 2 Chronicles chapter number 20, I want to use... Uh, this this chapter this evening uh, to bring a message, a very practical application tonight, but something that I think is very important for us to remember uh, throughout our Christian life. Uh, I believe we're going to be able to apply this tonight uh, very practically from just just a life perspective, uh, but even more so from a spiritual perspective. And so uh, let's look at what the Lord has for us from Second Chronicles chapter number 20. I'm going to begin reading with verse number 1, and I'm going to read down through verse number 15 tonight. Uh, and so if you'll follow along with me, uh, we'll see what the Lord has for us. Verse number 1, It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them other besides the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria, and behold, they be in Hazen Tamar, which is Ian Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord, even out of all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before, the people, before thy people Israel and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If, when evil cometh upon us, as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence, for thy name is, thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now, behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. It's not a bad place to be looking when you don't know what to do. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then, upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Madaniah, Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. There's a lot in these 15 verses. So for the next three and a half hours, 
No, I want to be very practical and helpful. I want us to get these truths uh, that will sustain us and help us and keep a right perspective. Uh, this morning in the Sunday school hour, the, the, the parable that we taught on the, uh, the, the, the rich fool, the whole purpose of that parable was for us to keep our perspective proper, an eternal perspective. This morning's message was a message on the grace of God. And certainly if, if somebody was here not saved, they heard a plain presentation of the gospel. But it's a good reminder of us to keep the perspective. We have our salvation not because of us, but by God's grace. Tonight, I believe, will be another message that will keep our perspective what it should be and certainly be a help uh, in days of trouble. Tonight, I want to preach on sometimes you have to let God fight the battle. Sometimes you have to let God fight the battle. Father, help us tonight as we uh, let your word speak to us. May the Spirit of God strengthen us, sustain us. Uh, Father, may some frustrated Christian or situation be remedied tonight by the message. May in the future as we uh, uh, face things that we can't overcome, may we be reminded of this message. May your truths help us tonight. Strengthen your people, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We find in this passage of Scripture an enemy that Israel is facing. We see in verse number 1, it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them, other besides the Ammonites, uh, God's people's enemies, the Israel's enemy. These were heathen people. These were people who fought against God, came to destroy God's people. So they came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Here's just an interesting side note for you to follow away that I think will be helpful to you. If you study the scripture, whatever God's enemies come against God's people, it always says they're battling with their leader. The king is always named. Because the enemy, the target, Satan, his target is the leader. And they came against, I think of the Sennacherib sending the message to uh, call out Hezekiah, trying to turn the people against the leader. You need to be mindful of that uh, when it comes to a church. The battle is against the leader. Now, it doesn't make me special because I'm the pastor. It just makes me the target. Uh, that's just the way it works. In your home, heads of house, you're the target. Uh, we need to be mindful of that. We need, that's why we need to uh, pray for one another. Uh, that's why we need to be guarded in our homes and guarded as our church. But, but they're facing a great enemy. Interesting things throughout this passage and the plea that we hear from God's people, from the king to him. And the cry, what a, what a powerful passage of scripture as God is reminded of all that he has done. He's reminded that the, without him, they are nothing. And then in verse number 12, what a powerful verse. Oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? Have you ever felt that way? We look at the enemies that God has today. And bear in mind, we, we take it too personal. When we as God's people are attacked or we face an opposition, it's not us, it's God. It's not us that, that this world hates, it's God. It's not us, the devil stirs, and sometimes the devil does stir people up against the things of God. It's God, it's not you, it's not me. We take it personal sometimes, but it's all about God. Wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. 
Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Well, in this battle, we didn't read the whole passage. God gives victory. And in the battle, God does give the victory. Sometimes he gives it through your participation. An illustration of this is I think of the story of Jonathan and the armor bearer and how he went up and slew the Philistines. God used him to actually draw his sword and to win a battle. I think of David and Goliath and how David, uh, God used him as an active participant in the battle. The sling, the stone, the slaying of the giant. I think of Gideon and the 300 and what faith they had to have to step out and participate in the battle. And Joshua, as he, as he uh, fought the enemy, and there's so many other examples of that active participation. But many times, he gives victory without your participation. In verse 15, we find the instruction, and we find them saying, for the battle is not yours, it's God's. Now, bear in mind, all those situations that I just described, God gave the victory. But he gave it through that act of participation. But the battle was still the Lord's. And God raised up somebody to be an active participant in that battle. But more times than not, the scene that is described in chapter number 20 is the scene you and I face. And we face a situation where there's an enemy greater than we are. There's a situation that we don't, we, don't, we don't see any way to overcome. And we live in a world today, and mom and dad, we need to make sure that we're paying attention because with, with, with the internet and social media and the cell phone, the devil has direct access to your family. And you see all the nonsense that is celebrated today. See, God, will you not judge them? God reminds those people that the battle is not theirs, it's the Lord's. It takes faith to fight the battle. I think of David and Goliath. David had to have faith. Joshua had to have faith. Those active participants had to have faith. It took faith. No matter the battle, whether you have to step aside and let God fight it, or whether God has you as an active participant, as we think of in these Old Testament stories, it takes faith. Many times, God's preferred way to fight the battle is, it's just His battle. Many times, our preferred way is we want to draw the sword. I want to do something. What do I need to do? What do I, what, 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 how can I change this? And that frustration builds and we see the enemy and we, we know they're unjust and we know they're evil and we know all of those things. God, will you not judge them? What are we going to do? Our eyes are on thee. We don't know what to do. Boy, it'd feel good if I could do something. Sometimes it'd feel good if I could get on there and put my opinion on the internet. I can just give them a piece of my mind. Well, be careful how much you give. Sometimes it feels good to lash out or to... If I could just... I, I, could, I could fix it all if God would just let me. Well, sometimes God says, not to do anything for the battle is not yours, but God's. It is more difficult 
to be powerless against the enemy and not do anything. It's difficult to be in that situation. Allow me to make this application tonight, if you will. We have God's people who is this great enemy. He, God remind, we see the pattern. We're going to see the, the pattern here that we can apply. But they're reminded God sent a voice piece. God sent a voice to tell them, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. This large enemy, this league of nations that you see that has come together to destroy you, be not afraid of them. Be not dismayed. Now, we, you and I have similar commands, don't we? Why shouldn't they be afraid? Why shouldn't they be dismayed? For the battle is not yours. It is God's. Frank, can I say God is undefeated in the battle? God's never lost a round. He is the ultimate victor. And a lot of times, God wants to give victory, but you and I get in the way of what God is doing. There's a rule you and I need to hold to. Why don't we just stay out of God's business and let God do his business, and we take care of our business? We're going to see how that plays out tonight. But as I make this application, I personally believe that we are in a period as, period as a nation as a church and individual Christians that we must apply for the battle is not yours, but God's. Now, I'm not indicating that we sit back and do nothing. We're going to find the recipe here. But for example, in our nation, there's not a foreign enemy for us to fight that's destroying our nation. The enemy is within. Our, our history is a long history of, of men setting everything aside and picking up arms to defend our nation or to go and fight for freedom and liberty for generations to come. If, if you give us a, an enemy of, of man for us to fight, that's, that's a, it's not an easy fight, but it's a fight that we can, we can identify. But there's a frustration as Americans because we know there's an enemy... But it's hard to fight that enemy. And depending on who you listen to, it's Russia, it's China, it's this person, it's this person. I'll tell you who it is. It's the devil himself. It is he, it is his culture, it is, it is the things that he is doing inside our nation. And sometimes we find ourselves, God, are you going to judge what are you going to do? They're, they're destroying our homes. They're coming after our churches. They're our, the nation and how many innocent lives are being, being destroyed because of this enemy in our nation. What do we do? Do, we, do we, we feel like we have to do something, so we take, stay with me, we take our eyes off of where it should be, and we turn to a politician. We take, well, why? It's not because... That's necessarily a bad thing. We're, we're looking for, for a solution. Or, or who are the people? They're the target. But we face as a nation, there's wisdom in this, I hope we grasp it, a battle that is the Lord's. 
this is not meant to be discouraging tonight. This is just reality. There's not a politician on the planet that can get our nation back. There's not a boatload of politicians that can get our nation back. The only way our nation comes back is by God, the hand of God. And we have a generation that is reprobate. We have leaders that are reprobate. And if you study the scripture, they don't come back. God's abandoned them. So what do we do? God's got to deal with them. We got to keep our eyes doing what we're supposed to do, keep our eyes on the Lord. But that's frustrating. I, I, I feel your frustration. Because there seems like there's nothing we can do because the enemy is greater than we are. But I want to echo the words of Jehaziel tonight. The battle is not yours. It's God's. Jesus is coming back. And there's one thing in this last many years of this political season we've been in, boy, that calendar is moving quickly. And oh, we bemoan the enemy, and rightfully so. Boy, God is allowing things to fall into place that he said would take place for the return of our Savior. And there's a battle going on that you and I seem helpless in, but the battle's not ours, it's the Lord's. As a church, there are enemies that work against us. I don't know why Christians sound so, so, act so surprised when that's said. Any church that's trying to keep people out of hell, you know the devil's going to fight. We have enemies right now that work against our church. We have enemies out there. We have enemies in the, in the government of our counties who have, who have fought against us in recent days too. Wait, they're, they're there. Say, Pastor, what are we going to do? Are you asking me what I want to do? What do we do? You say, do you know who they are? I know who some of them are. But that battle's not ours. It's the Lord's. As an individual, as Christians today, I believe, I don't think this is new, but I believe it's more prevalent certainly in my lifetime and probably in generations, if not ever, individual Christians battle emotional pain, sorrow like grief, depression, oppression. And we look to solutions. What can I do? What do I have to do? And, 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 I'll, and I'll get to the outline tonight, and I'm against you curling up in a corner and dying. But there's some things you and I can't do because the battle is the Lord's. There are some things that we deal with that there's a spiritual oppression from our enemy and the solution is not anything we can take into our own hands and fight. It's like fighting an invisible enemy. So what do we do? Do we just give up? No, the battle is the Lord's. We must look to the spiritual solution. Now, be not afraid, in verse 15, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. Maybe because of what you're facing as an individual, you're dismayed and you're afraid. I'm here to tell you tonight that we're not to be afraid. 
We're not to be dismayed. We're not to give up. We're not to be discouraged. Why? Say, Pastor, I can't seem to get ahead. There's a battle I can't overcome. Well, keep your eyes on the Lord because the battle is not yours. It's His. And let me remind you, He's undefeated. He's never been defeated. He's not, His hand is not waxed short. He's mighty. He's able, but our eyes must stay on Him. As a church, as we continue to press forward and we continue to move forward and, and the devil always opposes what God is doing, what do we do? We shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't be dismayed. That's God's battle. As a nation, we ought to be troubled about what's taking place in our nation. We ought to be, uh, we ought to be uh, uh, our attention should be focused on that. And we have that frustration. But we're not going to quit. We're not going to throw up our hands and say, well, the battle is lost. No, be not afraid. Be not dismayed because the battle is the Lord's. If the battle is the Lord's, what do we do? I'm going to show us from this story there are four keys to remember when you let God fight his battle. Well, that just sounds awesome, doesn't it? Let God fight his battle. He sent a messenger to say, it's my battle. And when God gets in the battle, it's decisive. It's clear. Matter of fact, when God gets in the battle, it's talked about for generations. That God got in the battle. So what if we're facing a battle that we cannot fight, and God says it's my battle, what are we to do? Let me point out a few things. Notice back with me in verse number 3. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Number one, fast. When he couldn't face it, you know what he didn't do? He didn't compromise. He didn't make a treaty. He didn't try and save himself and sell out future generations. He didn't try and meet halfway. He said, we've got to seek the Lord. We, and he proclaimed a fast. He said, everybody's participating in this fast. And we read the prayer in the following verses that was prayed to the Lord. And this is, the, 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 this, is, this is something that we have got to understand. And I would put it from a national perspective. If we are frustrated about the things that are taking place and the, the real enemies and enemy that is in our nation and is altering the future for our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, if we're frustrated by that, something's got to change. That's right. Pastor Washington's got to change. I'm talking about in the hearts of God's people. We've got to be willing to change our schedule. We've got to be willing to reprioritize some things. And Jehoshaphat is saying to the whole nation, I'm rearranging your priorities for you because there's an enemy we can't defeat. And everybody's going to put prayer at the top of their list. And everybody's going to put fasting at the top of their list. Uh, and all the frustration and, and all the, 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 the lashing out we want to do as a nation well, how many of us have fasted and prayed for God to win a battle that we cannot win? Go to the polls and vote, but we might want to get on our faces once again and say, God, we face an enemy that, that is too powerful for us, and if you're going to fight this battle, then we're going to do what we need to do to get your attention. And they fasted and prayed. Boy, that fast is a forward word in the... Minds of so many people because prayer is foreign to so many Christians. Well, if you want to 
let God fight his battle, what are you to do? Fast and pray. It gets God's attention. It lets him know that we are serious about what we say is important to us. It lets him, it reminds him that we are in this precarious situation. And if we're going to allow God to fight our battle, you know, if, you're, if, if your loved ones are in a, a spiritual battle, well, you might ought to change something up every once in a while. Out of necessity. Fast, pray. Number two. This is hard. This is the hard part. Look at me at verse number 17. Look at verse 16. And notice in verse 15, he's already just told them, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Verse 16, tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Jeril. Okay, he's just told them, says, this battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. Now, this is where, I want you to go down and face them. That's what he tells them in verse 16. But then what he tells them in verse 17, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. He says, you go down there and look at them. But you're not going to need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand ye still. And see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Number two is wait. While you wait, you stand. There's a lot of Christians that I'm afraid, and I think it's true in our nation today, we don't see God win victories, we don't see God win battles because we're too busy running. God blesses when you just plant your feet and stand firm. I may not be able to defeat that enemy, but I'm not going to run from him. You know what do Christians a lot of good for you to face that battle that you can't win? For you to face that enemy you can't overcome? But they're frightening. They make us afraid. God says, go down there and stand them. And see the salvation of the Lord with you. Hey, friend, don't change your position because you got an enemy. Your, it's true. Your position is why you got an enemy. There's a reason why the devil's been after our country for generations. Because our country's been the bastion of the gospel. Our country's been the one that sent the gospel around the world. I mean, it just makes sense. Well, we're fighting an enemy today. It, it, by the way, it, it, if, if America falls, when America falls, there's no, there, there, there's, there's no place to go but up. That, that's what's gonna, there's no new world to discover. That's when the rapture's taking place. That's just the reality of it. What do we should do? We're waiting, we're being patient, waiting on the Lord. I know the Lord, the battle's the Lord's. I just wish he'd fight it today. Well, God wants you and I to just stand, set, oh, I love these words, set yourselves. What, what was he saying? There's no need to fight in the battle, but you go down there and look them in the eye. And you set yourselves. And you let, by doing that, you're letting them know that this is God's. God's going to fight this battle, but you set yourselves. Friend, this world can change around us. These churches can change what they believe. They can, they can put the Bible aside and pick up, pick up something else. But friend, you and I, what we ought to do is set ourselves. 
and stand ye still. God doesn't want you to run when you got trouble. God doesn't want you to flee when you're facing an enemy. Oh, I'm facing some personal things in my life. God doesn't want you to, don't don't run from the things of God. Don't run from the household of faith. Don't, Don't run for the very things you need. Stand ye still. Wait on the Lord. Because they're reminded the salvation of the Lord is with you. Then I mentioned to you number three. They, let's go ahead and read down through verse number 20. And Jehoshaphat, verse 18, bowed his head with, with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Kerites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Watch verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. Number three, we got the Lord fight the battle. We just have to believe. Believe. Jehoshaphat saying, we've heard from the voice of the Lord that he's going to fight the battle. We just have to believe him. Believe his prophets. Believe, believe, believe those that have come by God to be his voice piece. You know, that's what we, you and I need to do today. We need to believe the word of God. Believe what God has said. Be, be not afraid. Well, I know God said it, but do you believe it? Be not dismayed. I know God said it, but do you believe it? We know all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. I know what God said, but do you really believe that? I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We know it's in there, but do you believe it? That's the key, one of the keys to letting God fight the battle that you and I cannot fight, you and I cannot win, is this week when God says it's my battle, we just got to believe him. When God says I go with you, we just have to believe him. When God says, I've got it under control, we have to believe him. And we, by faith, have to operate as if everything God says is true, because it is true. We have to believe. We have to have that faith. Battles are won when you and I believe. Parents, as you're rearing your children, you've got to believe that God's principles are enough for your kids. Young couples and in, in, in all the way up, you've got to believe that a marriage is built on this book right here. You've got to believe that. Don't believe what society tells you. Believe what God has said. Well, a new poll came out. Well, it's settled in heaven. We must believe, number four. Look at me, verse number 21. And when he had consulted the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. When they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. 
God set all the enemies against each other. And they destroyed each other. And God's people never even had to pull their sword. That, when did that happen? That's amazing, isn't it? Anyway, when you see, well, I can't defeat what God's like. I've got it under control. Matter of fact, that enemy that's risen up against you, there's another enemy that's laying in wait for you that has not manifested themselves yet. I'm allowing this enemy to rise up so that I can use this enemy and the enemy you don't know you have to fight each other. And when it's all said and done, what you were afraid of, I was using to take out all your enemies. Friend, I'm reminding you, we don't know what God's doing today. We don't know how God's doing it in any situation we want to apply this to. But don't miss this. That did not take place in verse number 22 and 23 until after what takes place in verse number 21. And that brings me to number four, praise. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness. So they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. The battle hadn't even started, and they're already praising God for the victory. God had not delivered them, and they're praising him for his mercy. Friend, that's the key. Well, when we keep our eyes on who God is and what God has done and, and what he's going to do and what he has promised he's going to do, and that comes back to that word believe. We've got to believe that victory is ours. We gotta believe that that God has it under control. We gotta believe that for all th- all things work together for good. We gotta believe that the enemy we face, that we don't know how he's gonna be defeated. God says that battle is mine. That that, that enemy is mine. I'll fight your battle. We've gotta believe that. So we might as well go praise him now. Friend, do you realize that our enemy has already been defeated? He cannot win. Oh, but he's sure making life miserable. He's defeated already. What's the worst he's going to do is accelerate our path to heaven? He's losing. He's a loser. Let's let God fight the battle. Why don't we just keep our eyes on God and praise God for his grace. Praise God for his mercy. Praise God for salvation. I want to remind our enemy, the devil, that he was defeated by those words, it is finished. Salvation was done. He is defeated. And if you flip to the book of Revelation, you find the day that he is taken and he is thrown in that bottomless pit, never to be heard from again. He's a defeated foe. But we can praise God for that then. Why don't we praise God for that now? Oh, the battle gets hard and the battle gets... But there's victory. Why don't we praise God for who he is? Praise God for what he's done. Praise God for what he's going to do. I think that's missing from a lot of Christians today is a heart of praise. Because many times we have a heart of complaining. We have a heart of ingratitude. We have a heart of fear. We have a heart of unbelief. It's hard to praise. And I reference you back to verse number 12 when your eyes aren't on him. He said, our eyes are upon thee. 
But when your eyes are on God, and God reminds you that this isn't your battle. You don't have to win. You know, if it's not our battle, it's a battle I don't have to win. There's too many Christians trying to, to win battles you don't have to win. The, 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 the warfare we see, the spiritual warfare we take in place in our world and, and certainly in our nation today, that's not a battle I have to win. That's not a battle you have to win. That's God's battle. He'll win it. Whatever you're facing in your personal life, do you realize that you could not overcome sin? That's a battle God had to win. There are things in your life you can't overcome. God's got to win that battle. But we have to wait on Him. We have to fast and pray. We have to believe. And I believe praise gets God's attention. There's too many pessimistic Christians. Well, that's my personality. Well, I said, Lord, fast and pray over that. We all get there. We all, we all have those moments. We ought to confess that and just praise God for who he is, what he's done. Well, Pastor, what, what about those martyrs that God did not deliver? He did deliver them. What well, just doesn't seem fair? Life's not fair, as they say. But we don't deserve heaven either. But I do know this. On more than one occasion, the book of Revelation reminds us that the blood of the martyrs is crying out in heaven. Saying justice, justice, justice. And one day, God will use the faithfulness and the sacrifice of those people who stood still. He delivered them to glory. But he'll use that to vanquish the enemy. Boy, if it's God's battle, why don't we let him fight it? I don't know what, you, what personally you, your family may be facing tonight, what battle you might be. But would it not be true that if you could fix it, it would already be fixed? We can say yes because you've tried. If you and I had the ability to fix it, if you and I had the ability to change what is going on in our nation, it'd already be changed. It would already be changed. But it's not a battle that we can fight. Well, I feel so helpless. What are we to do? How about we fast and pray? How about we stand still? I'm not talking about running, changing our position. But we wait on the Lord. Well, how about we praise Him? Why don't we do that? There's a lot that you and I can do. I'm just wanting to ask the question, are we doing what we can do? And I'm trying to relieve some frustration for God's people tonight. I have to remind myself of this because I get frustrated. You deal with things that are frustrating because you, 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 we don't like the enemy. We don't like the opposition. We don't like the things that we have to deal with in this world and this life. 
But God has a way of reminding all of us, doesn't he? He's like, you can't handle that. You can't take care of that. But I can. And it's amazing, and it's one of those things where if you, if if you pay close attention to what God is saying, and, and, we, and I already pointed out, but it's, it's good enough to be pointed out again. Why did God allow this great enemy to rise up against us? Because he's flushing out your other enemy. And he's going to destroy them both at one time. How many times have we asked, why is God allowing this? I don't know why God allows what he allows. But I know his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. I know there's nothing that we face that God is not greater than. And sometimes it's God's just saying, relax. You don't have to be frustrated because it's not your battle. I mean, how hard was it we told them to do? You march out there and just stand there and watch. In a lot of ways, that's what we're doing as God's people. We're just going to be faithful, plant our feet, stand, and just watch. Watch what God does. Watch the victory. You say, well, America is not coming back. Well, that means we're going up. That'd be, would that be, they talk about having a bird's eye view. God wins. How many of you are saved tonight on your way to heaven? You've already won. Because Christ has already won that battle for you. This is as bad as it's ever going to be. Bad as it's ever going to be. The battle's already won. And what you're facing as an individual, Christian, if you're you're battling discouragement, depression, sorrow, all those emotional things in between there, you can't look for a human solution to that problem. A lot of times... We work ourselves up. I've been there. I wish this wasn't true, but there's, there's times when I've lost sleep and I shouldn't have because it's a battle that God has got to fight. It's a battle that he says it's mine. And when it's too big for you and I to take out a sword and go deal with it, and we've got to sit back and watch God. If you continue to read, the word spreads that God defeated them. That sends a clearer message than if Israel had defeated them. God, the God of Israel, fought their battle. Friend, there's no way you should still be in in the race today except for God fought your battle for you. There's no reason this church should still be doing what it's doing except for the fact God fought the battle for us. And if our nation is going to go on for another generation, God's got to fight that battle. Tonight, let's apply this how how it would be applicable. Father, help us tonight to take these truths, apply them to our life.